Good morning. Pastor, thank you so much. Uh, both Kathy and I are so privileged and so honored to be here. We weren't able to make it last year, so we came this year. Amen. And um, I'm glad we were able to do that. Praise God. You know, <clears throat> that song that, uh, that our brother was singing, He's Risen. Hallelujah. Amen. That is so important for us to understand, that He is risen. And this morning, as we start, my wife is showing me here, um, I just want to tell you a little bit about, we brought some product with us, and there's some books at the back afterwards that you can get a hold of now. How many, how many are students at the Karis Bible College or have, have done any kind of... Well, this is the book that I uh, usually uh, make available to the students. Uh, I think it's the uh, Heart Essence of the Gospel that I do. And so this is uh, Knowing and Experiencing God, which I really highly recommend. And then this is my newest book, Guilt-Free Living. How many, how many of you can do with that? Yeah. Amen. You know, I tell you, that, that, that is just one of the things uh, that I just cannot get over. And that is that so many Christians live with perpetual guilt, thinking that it's Christian to feel guilty. That, that if you're a Christian, guilt is what motivates you. No, that's what's going to keep you bound. Uh, God wants you to live guilt-free. Uh, and then I have two other books, uh, Discover True Love and uh, Grace and Faith Thoughts. We've got some CDs uh, teaching at the back there, so please come and have a look af afterwards. I didn't bring a lot, so first come, first serve. Amen. Praise God. You ready for the Word? And as I was saying earlier, you know, that... that what we have to celebrate this morning is that Jesus is alive. And He is alive with a message for us. Now, it just so happens that I'm here for the last service of 2016 for uh, Faith Hill Church in Johannesburg. And I thought, you know, what a great opportunity for me to share a passage of scripture and a teaching with you um, that that I think that we don't always think about uh, when it comes to our Christian faith and what it is that we celebrate and that we can remember today the last Sunday of or, or, or to get the Sunday getting together of 2016 and we're going to be uh, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, you know, a lot of people say, well, well, Jesus wasn't really born. Well, you know, who really cares when he was born? As long as we can celebrate his birth, but more importantly, to celebrate what he did, not only in his birth, but his life, his death, his resurrection, and His ascension at the right hand of the Father. Because that is really what we need to be reminded of every day of our lives. 
I want you to turn with me, and I'm going to go, first of all, to a passage of Scripture in Isaiah, chapter 30, and verse 18. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Version. And uh, now I use the Amplified quite a bit, and, and I might not use it that much here this morning, but I like the way the Amplified puts this particular passage of Scripture. The Amplified says in verse 18, it says, Now how many of you realize that the book of Isaiah um, is, a, is a prophetic book written, uh, and a lot of what is written in the passages of Isaiah is about the finished work of Christ. It's about Christ and what He prophetically was spoken about, about His coming and why He came and, and what He uh, has done. But I want you to listen to what it says here. The, the, the prophet says, verse 18, And therefore the Lord earnestly waits, expecting, looking, and longing to be gracious to you. Isn't that powerful? So what this is saying to us today is that I believe that God's body language today is that He is sitting on the edge of His throne. He's in the place of expectation. He's expecting, He's looking, He's longing to be gracious to each and every one of you. To show you grace. To provide grace. But it goes on in the Amplified here. He says, to be gracious to you. And therefore He lifts Himself up that He may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you i mean so what that is saying is that god is is basically you know if you go to the beach uh, and you and, and if you're a father or a mother and your children are playing uh in 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 the waves uh, and if they let's say they're little toddlers uh, and you're sitting on the beach on a deck chair uh, every now and then you would lift yourself up to have a look and see how can I be gracious how can I be kind how can I show mercy how can I protect how can I provide for my children making sure that they are enjoying life amen but then he says here for the Lord is a God of justice blessed happy fortunate to be envied are all those who earnestly wait for him oh come on now you see this the, uh, we can talk about how God is expecting to be gracious to us, but we must be expectant. Yes, yes, See, so many people are just not expectant. They, they don't have an expectancy to have God be gracious to them. See, because we have this idea, well, God is a God of justice. Isn't that what it just says there? God is a God of justice. And according to our understanding of justice, I'm not sure if God's going to be good to me. Come on now. But what he's saying is that because we know God is a God of justice, and, 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 and therefore we can have an expectation. Notice he says, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are all those who wait for Him. Who have an expectancy. Who expect 
and look and long for his victory. For him. For his victory. His favor. His love. His peace. His joy. His matchless unbroken companionship. Wow. Man, I tell you something. You know, that's what I'd like to talk about uh, here this morning a little bit. Is, is why can you and I have an expectation this morning of God's goodness and mercy and grace towards us. If God is a God of justice, then how come you and I can have an expectation of His goodness towards us? That we can walk out of here today. And I want to say, I want, by the end of this service today, going into 2017, and as we look forward, that each and every one of you can go out here and expect something good to happen to your life, in your life, for your life. That there's something out there that God is never against you. Man, I tell you something. If you can just, He's never against you. There is no reason why. He said, but Arthur, but you don't know me. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what I've done. No, no. The big problem is you don't know what He has done. Now turn with me to Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter uh, 16. Matthew chapter 16. Now, <clears throat> this is a, a, a passage of Scripture. I'm going to read from verse 21 through to verse 28. And we're going to go through uh, uh, you know, what Jesus revealed to us. You see, Jesus revealed to His disciples here in Matthew. He reveals a truth that His disciples didn't didn't get and and in fact i think that the majority of christians today don't get it they just don't get what jesus was teaching uh, i call i call this message every man rewarded every man rewarded this is our hope and this is our expectation. Let's go and have a look. In John chapter, uh, sorry, Matthew chapter uh, 16, verse 21, uh, it says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go unto, into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Now, you know what always amazes me is that when you look at when they came and arrested Jesus and you see in the scriptures how surprised and taken back his disciples were because uh, as, as if he never told them but this tells us that he told them straight out this is what's going to happen you see because most most of his disciples if not all of them did not have that perspective in their minds. They were waiting for Jesus to come set up a kingdom in which he was going to be in opposition to Rome and the Roman Empire and that he was going to somehow set up this earthly kingdom. But Jesus comes and says, I'm going to tell you now, I'm going to go to Jerusalem and if I go there, they're going to kill me. Now, you know, to, to them and to many people, well, what What's that going to achieve? 
What, what, is, what is going to Jerusalem and allowing yourself to be captured, beaten, and killed? What's that going to achieve, Jesus? Because then we have, you know, Peter. Then Peter took him uh, and said unto him and rebuked him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Now, you know, <clears throat> I say this to, to a lot of people because I think that sometimes we don't realize, we don't think about this. Um, uh, Jesus did not just come, uh, the Son of God, and, 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 and kind of act the part of the friends that He had. Jesus didn't just act like He was friendly with His disciples. He actually was their friend. He actually loved them. He actually had a deeply woven friendship and relationship with these people. So, so when, when Peter took him aside and started to rebuke him and saying, Let this, this, this is the last thing that's going to happen to you, Jesus. Jesus was actually drawn away. Just like you would if, if, if you knew of something uh, that, that is bad is going to happen to you and, and, and one of your friends comes and says, I'm going to stand with you. Man, this is, we know, we're not going to allow this to, to happen. He was actually drawn. That's why he said to Peter, you know, we, we, we read this here and he says in verse um, 23, but he turned, and, and, and in actual fact, the, the, the Greek is, he turned his back on, on Peter. He turned his back on Peter. Why? Uh, not because he was actually saying that Peter is the devil. You know, he's just saying, no, the old devil is using your friendship with me, Peter. Your, your intimacy with me, he's using. And he says, uh, and he turned, he said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. For thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. And basically Jesus is saying, you, you're drawing me away from my purpose of why I've come. Now, the next couple of verses I'm going to ask you to be attentive. That means I'm going to reason with you. All right. Now I don't know <coughs> your pastor's style of preaching, uh, uh, but but you know many times we come to church and we want the preacher to lay it on us. You know, preacher, just just lay it on us. You know, just tell us how it is. Well, what I want to do is I want you to think about some of these things that I'm going to show you here. That means you're going to have to put your brain in gear. Amen. Instead of sitting like you usually do in church and go like this, you're going to have to have to wake up and you're going to have to say, okay, let me think about this for a bit. Okay? Is that okay? Now watch. <laughs> Notice what it says here. He says, uh, verse 24, Then said Jesus to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. All right, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop here for a moment. I'm going to, this is where I'm going to have to get you to think. Okay? Because you see, we have been so indoctrinated. We have been so...
programmed to when we read certain scriptures, what we have been taught and shown in the past, that our minds Im- Im- immediately fall into that same rut. And we just go with that same thought that we've always been taught. And, and so here's Jesus. He says to his disciples, in fact, in the Amplified Version, it says he said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my disciple, let me ask you this. How many of you want to be a disciple of Jesus? Well, I, I mean, you know, I want to be, amen. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. Uh, so he says, if you want to be a disciple, he says, you're going to have to deny yourself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, what, what we've always been taught, and what this is always used to teach people, is that if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're going to have to be prepared to let go of all of your own dreams, your own visions, your own passions. You're going to have to let go of your own, uh, 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 um, you know, uh, uh, expectation for the future. And you're going to have to lay down your life, as it were. And then, of course, you're going to have to pick up a cross. You're going to have to bear. There's a cross to bear. And, and usually what that means is that if, you, if, if, if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, then, then there is a cross to bear, meaning there's something difficult that God's going to want you to do, and it might even be painful. It might even be, it might be difficult. It might be something that you don't really want to do. Come on now. Amen. Now, <clears throat> what I want to do is I want to ask permission to maybe give you a different perspective. Is that okay with you? You see, I think that if you go to the original language, Jesus in Greek says this, if you want to, uh, uh, as a disciple of me, Jesus said, you need to deny your self-life. Can I suggest your self-life is the, that life, that part of you that says, yes, Jesus, I want to be your disciple. And, and just like Peter, you know, like Peter in, in, in John chapter 13, where he comes to Jesus, he says to Jesus, Jesus, even if all of these other disciples, if they, if they forsake you, Jesus, I can tell you today, Jesus, you can count on me. I will, I will die for your cause. Amen. <laughs> You see, uh, we got to see is that, that, that Jesus is saying, you're going to have to deny your self-ability to be my disciple. If you want to be my disciple, you're going to have to come to the realization you don't have what it takes. And take up his cross and follow me. Now, the personal pronoun, his, there, if you go, if you, if you've got Greek tools, if you can go, you know, today we've got everything on iPads and on iPhones. You can go and, you can go and look at the concordances and go look at all of the different things. Go and have a look and you see the personal pronoun, his, there, doesn't have to be his. It can be, it can be translated it, itself, the. Jesus is saying, 
if you want to be my disciple, you're going to have to deny that you can be that disciple. And then you're going to have to take up the cross, his cross. People say, oh, well, you've got to take up your cross. You realize that your cross is his cross. You were crucified with him. What he's saying is, if you want to be my disciple, you're going to have to deny that you can do what it takes, and you're going to have to take up the cross, the finished work of the cross, and follow me. That means you're going to have to deny that you can do what it takes to be my disciple, and you're going to have to come and take up what I do for you, and just follow me. Come on now. Well, you've got to take up your cross. You see, it says take up His cross. You've got to take up His cross. And His cross is your cross. That is your cross to bear. You died with Him. You were crucified with Him. Paul said, I am crucified with Him. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Now you say, well, Arthur, how can you make that, that assumption? Or how can you? Well, the next verses explains. Listen to what the next couple of verses says. He says, <clears throat> verse 25, For whosoever, is there a whosoever here? Okay, so whosoever uh, will save his life, life will lose it. So what he's saying is, you want to be my disciple, you're going to have to die, you can do it. You're going to have to take up the cross and the work of the cross, and you're going to have to follow me. For if you think you can save your life, you're going to lose it. But I like what he says. He says, uh, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. That lose his life is not to die, it's, it's he who will let go of his own self-life. He's going to find his life. Okay? Verse 26. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world? Well, you know, the way it's translated here, it's like, well, if he can gain the whole world, if he can be a world conqueror. Yet, really what he's saying there is, is, is that what, what if a man can do everything that is required, let's say by the law, and still lose his life? Because it, it, what Jesus is saying is, even if you can do everything that is required, it still can't save you. Are you with me here? Oh, I, I like this. Watch this one. He says, and what shall a man give in exchange for his very, it says soul, the, the Greek there is very life. What will a man give? He says, what do you have that you can go to God and say, I'll exchange this for life? You don't have anything. Are you with me here? Now, the next two verses are the verses I really want to get to. And this is where you really need to stick with me. Alright? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with his angels, and he will reward every man according to his work. 
Now let me, let me show you something here. The first thing is, is, is Jesus saying this. He says, listen, you want to be my disciple? Yes, Jesus, I want to be your disciple. Then, then, then give up your ability to do what it takes to be my disciple. For if you, can, you, if you save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life, you're going to find it. Or, or even if you could gain the whole world and still lose your own soul. Or what can you give in exchange for yourself? Then Jesus says, for, or we could put this, therefore. Therefore. Now Jesus is coming and He's telling us something. He says, because. For the, son, the son of man. Now who is the son of man? Now, how many of you can see? I don't know. Let me see. Look, turn around. See, see the word son there is capitalized. So who's that speaking about? So Jesus is speaking. And Jesus is speaking about himself. Am I, am I correct? Okay. So Jesus is saying to them, for the son of man shall come. Now, you see, what, what I've heard a lot of people preach, and there are some people, friends of mine still, you know, I'm, they can be wrong. It's okay, you know. But they 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 will preach, and they they point this to Jesus talking about his second coming. Some of the some of the the the, the, the uh, study Bibles will even in the margins say Jesus talking about his second coming. He's not talking about his second coming. I'll, I'll prove it to you. Jesus says here. He says, "For the Son of Man shall come." Now, what throws people is the shall come. Okay, let, let, let me explain this. Who's Jesus talking to? He's talking to his disciples. Who, was, who were his disciples? They were Jews. They understood the prophetic word about the Messiah. So what Jesus is saying, he says, therefore, for the Son of Man, he's speaking prophetically and he's speaking about his coming when he came being birthed into the earth. He is basically saying, doesn't it say, for the Son of Man shall come? Amen. Are you with me here? That's what he's saying to them. He's saying, he's, he's reminding them of prophetic words spoken about the Son of Man. For the Son of Man shall come. When did Jesus come? When he was born into this world. Now what does he say? For the Son of Man, when he shall come, he shall come in the glory of his father. The day Jesus was born, if you go to Luke chapter 2, you'll see in Luke chapter 2 that there were shepherds in the field. And the day Jesus was born, the glory of the Lord shone around about them. Jesus came in the glory of his father that, that the glory broke forth out of the spiritual into the natural world so much so that the scripture says that the shepherds were terrified that they even hurt they were so they were so afraid it says they were so afraid <laughs> they were so afraid they were even sore it's just what that is just saying is that they are they were terrified because Jesus being born that moment the glory of God burst forth shone around about them they were terrified and then of course the angel of the Lord comes and says don't be afraid isn't that an amazing thing that every time in the scriptures when God and his glory comes on the scene and, 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 and man is involved. 
men are always afraid, and God always has to say, do not be afraid. Now, somebody told me this. I haven't studied this out for myself, but, but the person who told me this is, is, is pretty reliable. And, and he said that in the Scriptures, there's 365 times where God comes on the scene, where man is afraid, and God says, do not be afraid. That's one, one, once for every day of the year. To let you know. See, that's our problem. Is that Our problem is we have this, this default setting within us to be afraid of God. Because we somehow believe that He is the one who's causing the pain in our lives. And it says, the glory of the Lord shone, and they were afraid. He says, do not be afraid, right? Amen. So, now notice, Jesus says, when He shall come, He shall come in the glory of His Father, with His angels. Whose angels? Okay, now, see, this is what I've got to show you. Now, is this the old King James that you guys have here? Okay, now, what, I want you to see this. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Okay, now, now, watch this. That word, His, see, do, do you see that it's not capitalized? See, the old King James, the translators, they wouldn't commit to anything here. Because what, was, what they were seeing here just absolutely blew their religious minds. So what did they do? They didn't, even, they didn't capitalize it. Uh, do, do you have another translation? Is there anybody who... You have an, go, go like to the NIV. Or any one of the other ones. Now notice this. The Son of Man shall come, He shall come. No, what's that? Oh, is that the NIV? Okay, go to New King James. <laughs> the New King James. Ah, oh, there you are. So watch this. So now notice the translators in the newer translations. Look at what they did. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of... Ah. So who does that personal pronoun refer to? The Son of Man, Jesus. So He shall come in the glory of His, Jesus' Father, in the presence with His, whose angels? Jesus' Jesus angels. And He will reward each according to... Only oh, see, they, they kept that still a small age. Ah, uh, you see, you got, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. Amen. Jesus is saying to His disciples. Jesus is saying to His disciples. You want to be my disciple? Yes, Jesus. He says, then you're going to have to deny you can do it. You're going to have to take up the work of the cross and follow me. Why? Well, because if you think you can save your life, you're going to lose it. Uh, even if you, but if you lose your life for my sake, you're going to find it. Uh, if you could go, gain the whole world, you're still going to lose your very life. Because there's nothing you can give in exchange. Therefore... The Son of Man shall come in the glory of His, Jesus' Father, in the presence of His angels, Jesus' angels, and He will reward every man, not every Christian. Come on now. He will reward every man according to His work. Okay, now, verse, verse 28. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they shall see the Son of Man come in 
His, whose kingdom? His kingdom. So, so if Jesus here is talking about His second coming, then there should be people alive today that were there with Him when He said it. And we know that's not true. Amen. Right? So what's he saying? He says, there will be some standing here with me that will not taste of death till they shall see them. When did Jesus come in his kingdom? At his resurrection and ascension. So here's, here's what I want you to see. Is that the Son of Man, Jesus comes. This is the gospel message to the world. This is the message to you and me, and this is what gives you and should give you some uh, 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 hope for your future, is that, that even if you look at 2016 and you see some of the mistakes you've made, and you look at some of the, the stupid things you've done, and, 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 and maybe even some of the dumb things you've believed, come on, <laughs> come on now, amen, you can look to the future because this is not going to depend. 2017 is not going to depend yes, yes, upon yes, what you've done. Yes, it's not going to depend upon what you've, what you've been, been, been busy with this, this 16. What's happened in 16. This 17 is now according to His work. Yes, now remember what I said when I started off, right? I said that... That, that God has an expectation to be gracious to you. But you're going to need to expect it. See, so many of us, we, we screw up. Now, in, in America, that, we can use that word and it's not even an ugly word. You can screw up. You can mess up your life. You know, it's like, it was hard for me to say that word in, 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 in America. And in America, that's just normal church Church lingo, you know. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, in South Africa, it's like, you know, you can't say that, you know. <laughs> Amen. But then there's some things in America that we say, you know. You know, it's like, you know, in a, here in South Africa, you can say, oh man, bloody hell, man. You know, it's like, you know, there, it's like, you call yourself a Christian. <laughs> you know, so you, but you guys you've got to understand you can you can mess you could have messed up your whole life but but God's saying this morning to you and to me and to each and every one of us that Jesus says when he came the reason he came is that he came in the glory of his father he came to show us the glory of the father he came in the presence of his angels and he has rewarded you according to his work See, He does the work. You get the reward. Yes. That's the only way God ever gets the glory. Yes, sir. See, when, when you think you've done the work, you might get some kind of reward out of it, but you're never going to give God the glory. But when you realize that He's the one who came in, you know, but we South Africans or, you know, Africans, we, 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 we say, you know, uh, let it never be said. That I will take the rewards of somebody else's hard work. Right? See, that's why it's so hard for us as human beings. Because somehow we want to at least be able to say, we've got this pride as human beings. Oh, oh no, no, this, this, this can't be true. This, this kind of a gospel, this is an easy believism. No, 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 no. This is the only gospel there is. 
Jesus came. He did the hard work. He gives you the reward. And now you can start giving God the glory. Amen. And, 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 and if we leave here today, and when we leave here today, we have an obligation to go to the people we meet, our families. Because, you know, we're going to spend time with family. We're going to spend time with our friends. It, we've got an obligation to go to our friends and our family and say, have you heard the good news? Hallelujah. Have you heard the good news? Jesus did the work. He gave us the reward. And I'm going to take this reward. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are all those who wait for Him, for His, His glory, His, His love, His grace, His, I like this, everlasting companionship. You can go here today and leave and know nothing you've done Nothing you, or nothing you haven't done which you thought you should have done is going to cause God to distance Himself from you. He said, but, but, but God feels so distant right now. You see, that's first, uh, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 19, it says, you were enemies and you were separated from God in your mind because of wicked works. Not in his mind. You know, when we mess up, we, we become separated from God in our thinking. We think God has taken a step back. Now, you're the one that's taken a step back because of your own wicked works. Hallelujah. But yet now, it says, hath he reconciled. Praise God. Amen. I hope that encourages you today. You know, uh, it, is, it is for all of us to have a positive outlook to go into the future. Because you know what? God is not going to do another thing for you. You know, Christians are always, well, I'm just waiting for God to do this. I, I've got, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this. Now, Christians get upset with me when I say this. God is not going to do another miracle for you. He's done. Whatever He's done, He's already done. And He's given it to you. And you need to have an expectation and start walking and appropriating that. That means that there's nothing you need today that's not already deposited in you by Him.